Well, good morning. <clears throat> Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. We are glad to be in God's house where we can worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is something that we should not be ashamed of. We should be one that we can share that with anybody we see. We should be someone who is praising God in the way that we share our love for Jesus Christ. Today is a day where I want us to be thinking about, I was at a training yesterday at the conference, and we were in this time, and they were getting ready to have just a little bit of worship. And the guy that was leading, he asked, so when you're in worship, do you consider or think about the least of these? Do you think about others that are around you? And that question is kind of just kind of sat with me. It's like, I, I don't know that my mind really ever goes there. So I asked us to be considering, what is it that is on our mind as we go throughout worship? As we are listening, as we are singing, what does the hymn draw me to thinking about? Is it only God? Or is it how God sees and interacts with the world around us? That is our, our focus today. Is to be thinking more and more about what is happening within our worship. Not that we are just worshiping. Let us turn our attention to our announcements this morning. Uh, just a, a reminder that the men's group and the, the women's groups, a couple women's groups, are meeting uh, this week. So uh, take uh, note of those dates. That's, that's tomorrow and Tuesday. Uh, also, the uh, sun, not the Sunday school, the Bible study on Tuesdays. They are transitioning to a a new study. So if this is something that you want to start something new for you, uh, this would be a good time to start a Bible study on Tuesday. Just anybody can come to the class. Uh, it meets at uh, 10 to 11.30 on Tuesday. And they, like I said, they're starting a new study, so it would be a good time to join that uh, opportunity. Also, this is our last week uh, for the kits that we're preparing uh, for the time of sharing, the festival of sharing. So if you uh, have been uh, just forgetting about that or not doing that, and uh, you have this week still to provide some of those kits that, that we'll bring for uh, next week. And at this time, I'm going to invite my wife to come up as uh, she's going to share about the other announcement we have. So we participated, several of us, quite a few of us, participated in a class on empathy this summer. And kind of as a follow-up, although you, can, you didn't have to be in that class to be in this next one, but as a follow-up, we got thinking about what are some of the things that hinder us from having empathy, compassion, and love towards others. I happen to be what's called a certified Enneagram coach. An Enneagram just basically stands for a nine-pointed diagram. That's all that word is. But it's about our personality, our different perspectives. For instance, if I asked you, all of you, to think for just a moment, and I said, what comes to mind when you think of a child on an, aer on an airplane? We would all have various different thoughts and perspectives of a child on an airplane. If I said to you, um, uh, what about McDonald's? 
each of us would have different thoughts about McDonald's. Some of us might think of French fries. Some of us might think of ice cream. Some of us might think, yuck, I don't like it. (laughs) So it's all about different perspectives. And that's what this class is about. It's kind of, it's about learning what our core motivations are, what our different perspectives are. Because that even impacts how we see our faith and who we see God as. So I hope you'll come join us. It's going to be on Thursday nights um, starting September 28th for about an hour and a half. Um, and the class is about seven weeks long. So I hope you'll come and join us. Thank you. Thank you. I just also wanted to note that Ad Board will be meeting on Thursday at 630. So if you're a part of that, make sure that's on your calendar. And then you, you may have noticed the another uh, sheet that is in your bulletin. Uh, it's regarding the Kiev Women Choristers Group. Um, I, I'm understanding that this group has come in through the area before, uh, but with the men as well. Uh, the men are, as you know, are in, uh, in the midst of a, of a combat, uh, so they are unable to be a part of the group. But the women are still coming to be able to uh, make uh, awareness for what is going on, but also uh, to be finding ways to support uh, their family back at home. Uh, so there are some opportunities for people to help with their being in the area and sharing their gifts with, uh, with us. Uh, so if that is something that you can help with, please uh, take notice of that and note it here and go ahead and put that in the offering plate today. Uh, so that we can make sure that they are uh, cared for well while they are here. Uh, With that, let us prepare our minds and our hearts for worship as we take in the prelude.
Good morning. If you would please stand for our call to worship printed in your bulletin. Sing and rejoice. The Lord reaches out to you with healing love. Dance before the Lord, a dance of joy and hope. Come, let us worship God, who is always with us. And if you would remain standing for our opening hymn, there's a wideness in God's mercy, number 121 in your hymnal. You may be seated. And I would ask that you join in our opening prayer, also printed in your bulletin. We sing and speak your praise, O God, grateful for the many ways in which you have healed us. Keep our hearts, our minds, and our spirits open to learn ways in which we can offer healing love for others. For we ask this in Jesus' name. And if the children would join me down front for children's moments. Are we there? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, good morning, all of you. Now you're all back in school, right? Everybody back in school? I used to always get excited when I went to school that first day because everything I had was new. Like, 
clothes were new, and I had new pencils and new notebooks and new paper and new books, school books. And so it was always kind of exciting. But you know that there are children in the world that don't have the advantage of having new things. So I want to show you a picture of one of those children. I was on a mission trip in a country called Brazil. And we were on a, a medical boat, and we sailed down the Amazon River, and we would stop at villages along the way and provide medical care. We would attend church with them. We'd kind of bond with the children. And so this is a picture of my friend Tomas. Tomas was six years old, and he lived in one of the villages. And he and I became pretty good friends for the few days that I was in that particular village. But Tomas went to school, not like we go to school. They had a one-room wooden building with windows. Unfortunately, there were no screens or glass in the windows. And there were doorways, but there weren't any doors. And the maps on the wall were old, and the desks were kind of bad, too. But the kids went to school every day, and, and we hoped that they were, were learning. One of the things, well, I also failed to mention that they'd be in class and it could very well be that a pig or a chicken or a goat would run through the school building while they were in having class. That doesn't happen to us, although I think that would be kind of fun. So we have a way here in the Methodist Church and with our faith community family to help these children that don't have all the, the new things to go to school that we do. So there's these bags out in front, and these bags have a list in them of things that you can get to fill this bag with things that the children need. And then next Sunday, bring the bags back here, and they will be distributed to children around the world in places that don't have the advantages that we have here. So I also have, I hope I have enough. Pencils. Now, we take pencils for granted. But if you're going to a school where there aren't pencils, then you would really appreciate one. Here, Lincoln. There. So I want you, every time you pick up this pencil, to think about the children that don't have the advantages that we do and maybe say a little prayer for them. And we're going to do that now. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, would you be with these children, our children, the world's children, as they learn and grow, and especially learn and grow in your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now this week, I did not forget the Rice Krispies. Our prayer hymn for today is, I want to walk as a child of the light, number 206 in your hymnal.
As we come in this time of prayer, I just want to ask you, what is on your heart? What is on your mind right now that is something you want to lift to the Lord? Each of us have a different thing that may be resonating with us. It could be something in our households, or it could be something that we are witnessing around us, something we've seen in our everyday. Be mindful of those things that touch your heart. Let us go before our Lord in prayer. Gracious God, still our minds, still our hearts. Lord, we ask that you would look deep into each of them. The things that are running around in our minds, help us to pick out those things that are meaningful to you. There are so many things that go on in our heads. We know that some of them aren't good at all. But Lord, there are plenty of things that are in our minds and things that we are able to understand and desire that are good. But Lord, then there's this barrier between our, our minds and our hearts that keep us from maybe acting upon what is going on in our minds that is good. That would honor you. So we ask that you would look deep into our hearts and meet us where we are in our hearts. To open our hearts to you in a way that may be strange to us. The founder of the the Methodist movement talked about his heart being strangely warm. What is that, O God? Warm our hearts in ways that would draw us closer and closer to You, that would draw us into Your work, into Your mission. To be able to truly have a heart and mind that aligns with You. Now, all the things that were uh, on our hearts and minds as we came in this morning, Lord, All those things that we were thinking that this would be worthy of lifting to you. We just ask that you would receive them. Those things that we truly are concerned about. We even talked about in our children's moments, the, the children of another country. Who are out of sight and out of mind for us most of the time. They are of concern to you. Help us to make those connections on a regular basis, O God. Knowing that you are at work all over the world. Including in our own hometowns. So help us to see where we are to be. Where you are. And not just where we are. 
It is you, O God, that we are called to follow. It is you who are leading us through your Spirit. May you have our hearts and minds so that we may walk with you. Let us now pray a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This time I would invite uh, Chad Mossing to come up uh, for a few moments. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm the head of, of Staff Parish Relations Committee this year, and I have a, I have a couple things that I wanted to share and take a moment just, just to think about all the, the awesome things that are going on in our church, and sometimes, it's, sometimes we fail to recognize just what goes into it, and uh, maybe I'm filled right now with some of the comments you made, um, Pastor, earlier, but I'm um, um, thinking about what it what goes into worship and thinking about the parts of worship uh, and what an awesome prelude um, that Carol that Carol gave us this morning and I, it, it, that, that resonated with me for some reason this morning Carol and um, and I am going to talk a little bit about music um, and I'm not a very musical person um, but I can recognize good music and uh, and I wanted to just think about and I'm not on my phone texting these are my notes so. <laughs> um, the, the recognize the power of music in our worship, and then, as I've grown to know, just by meeting some of you and hearing your stories of how you came to faith community, what a what an awesome musical tradition that this this church has, and what it means to well, how people came here and how they sought this place out because of the choir or or, or because of bells and, and and that connection, and and that is just that's just awesome. Um, and then, I, then we wanted to take a moment of, of to recognize and share our gratitude to the individuals who, over the past couple of years, um, as we searched for a new choir choir director um, to lead our musical programs, and also as as Carol has battled so so battled so valiantly against her fight against cancer, um, so we had substitute choir director and substitute worship musician and organist that have really helped continue that, that tradition of excellence and, and awesomeness of our music here. And so we wanted to take a moment today to do that. Um, and I'm going to kind of do this in a couple uh, couple segments. First, I wanted to recognize those that have substituted, um, and then we're going to take a moment to recognize Carol. Um, so if Glenn, if Glenn can come forward, if Mike Klontz is here, Jim I know could not make it, but I'm still going to share um, some things about Jim. And then Pam, Elaine Grayson, and Gene, if Gene Foyles can come forward. Um, and I just want to recognize you guys. 
So Gene, I learned, Gene subs, substitute as worship musician, and then just because the spirit moves him, sometimes just jumps on the piano, and, and, it, and I, the, the collaboration in this, in this music department is, is pretty awesome, what I've learned over the last month. Um, just um, thinking about, and as I was on the music search committee, um, Pam, Pam Colburn helps as a substitute worship musician and organist, um, Elaine Grayson helps as a substitute worship musician and organist, and Gene Foyles um, also subs in. And over the past year or so, um, your contributions we did not want to we did not want to go without saying our thank you for all the time that you put in during practices and and during and during services. So we'd like to give you a round of applause. And then Glenn, Glenn has been serving in, and been singing in the choir in some form since 1978. Is that correct? Which I, I'm going to say this just because I want to say this, Glenn, is that that was before I was born. <laughs> so, so you've been singing longer than I've been alive. And well, singing well. <laughs> um, but, and then in ser serving in some capacity as a choir director on and off. And Glenn has a big heart, and as we were searching for a choir director, and it has been hard, it's, it's been hard for job searches of all sorts nowadays, but especially with this, with this position, and he has, he has filled in, even though he, he wanted to kind of take a reduced role in, in the choir, he's been filling in in a huge way as we were trying to find a quality replacement. Um, for all those years, and, and you're not you're not leaving. You're still singing, um, but uh, we still wanted to recognize Glenn for all his his hard work and contributions. So we thank you, and Pam, we're going to ask you to stand up here for a little bit longer, everybody, because <laughs> we're going to kind of segue to our next step. Because we're I'm going to try to just bring people up here one by one. First, I, next I wanted to introduce. Our, our new choir director, um, and she, and Melody, this is Miss Melody Kelly, and if you could come forward, Melody, and you could bring um, a, your granddaughter and your, your husband, Barry, Aria, I knew it was a musical name, Aria is, the grand, is, is your granddaughter, so, and so, so Melody, Melody is a longtime Xenia resident and Xenia educator, right, Melody? And, and she is going to begin um, directing our choir next Sunday. She also is the choir director at Christ Episcopal, correct, in Xenia. So she, she's also in town there. So we wanted to welcome you with a round of applause. And, and, and thanks for coming. And before I pass on, um, I wanted to call Carol up here, up, up here and we'll kind of take a step up. So you don't have to come down too many steps. I know you have to. You have to go through many steps yeah. to get down here. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so we, in, a, in a moment, I'm going to ask whoever wants to come up to, to, to share in a moment of prayer. Because I know my grandma used to say that in, when it, whenever there's two or more gathered together in prayer, um, God is with us. And we'll, we'll see. How, we'll have more than two. Um, but... But Carol has an upcoming surgery this Wednesday, this week, and uh, she she has she's been battling cancer, and this 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 surgery is going to be 
is going to be great. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's a good thing, and it's going to be positive, and we really just appreciate your weeks back here and, and being part of the music program. And I know it means a lot to you, and it means a lot to us, too. So um, before I pass this on to Pastor, we wanted to thank you and then also say good luck with your upcoming surgery and then pray for you because um, you are in our thoughts and prayers. So if anybody wants to come up, come forward and, and pray with us, lay, lay hands on, on Carol, um, please do. We'll give you a moment to come on up. Let us pray. Amazing God, we are coming together as one. One in heart and mind today for Carol. And we ask that you would be pouring out your spirit upon her even now. That you are at work. You are at work in preparing her, her body, her mind, and her soul. That in these days that are coming on Wednesday is a day of angst, Lord, we just ask that you would just wipe that angst away from her, that you would give her this confidence and hope and peace and comfort that comes directly from your spirit. And we ask that you would also be preparing all of those that are going to be taking care of her, those that are within the hospital and those that are at home. We ask that you would be the one that is guiding every aspect of her care. We trust in that. We trust that you already know everything that is. We just ask for this time of healing, this time of renewed understanding of who she is in you. That she truly can walk with confidence each and every day, knowing that you hold her. Lord, may we be, all of us that are surrounding her and those that are uh, in our midst that can hear our, our prayer today. That they would be with you in heart and mind throughout the week, Carol. That they would be lifting you up and giving you that strength that you may not have at this moment. So that you truly would be strengthened. Lord, we just give this all to you. Trusting in the one and only, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You all may return to your seats. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> we are one as a church. Not just those that are part of faith community, but we are one as a church, as I've been talking about this morning, a church that spans the globe. But as we are being the church in this community, it is our resources that we have been given through our giftings that come from our God. It is in that that we are able to share what we have with those around us, letting them know that we don't only share resources, but we share Jesus Christ with them. At this time, it asks the ushers to come and wait upon us.
please join in our prayer of dedication. Savior God, you look at our world with compassion. You also look at our world with clarity and a zeal for justice. Use all we bring to life and all we bring to you today to fight for justice with mercy and compassion. Make us and our gifts part of the healing of the world. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading for this Sunday is from the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. And it's entitled, Welcoming Each Other Like Christ. Welcome the person who is weak in faith, but not in order to argue about differences of opinion. One person believes in eating everything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Those who eat must not look down on the ones who don't. And the ones who don't eat must not judge the ones who do, because God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servants? They stand or fall before their own Lord, and they will stand, because the Lord has the power to make them stand. One person considers some days to be more sacred than others, while another person considers all days to be the same. Each person must have their own convictions. Someone who thinks that a day is sacred thinks that way for the Lord. Those who eat, eat for the Lord, because they thank God. And those who don't eat, don't eat for the Lord, and they thank the Lord too. We don't live for ourselves, and we don't die for ourselves. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to God. This is why Christ died and lived, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you look down on your brother or sister? We will all stand in front of the judgment seat of God, because it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will give praise to God. So then, each of us, will give an account of ourselves to God. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Before I start, in the spirit of music recognition, I have to send you some personal thanks to Gene Foyles. Uh, most of you probably don't think about it, but just about everything that is in the hymnal is not written for a bass. Speaking as a bass, all these things have to be modulated in order to suit my voice. Some people do that with great difficulty. Some people only do it if it's written. Gene does it right off the top of his head. It is an incredible skill, and I wouldn't be able to share some of the music that I share without him, so I have to say thank you, Gene. And this is one of them. This is a song that there's no way in the world I could sing this the way it's originally written, but I offer it to you as a bass voice. Gene? (laughs) 
appreciate the gifts that we have within our congregation for sure. Well, in the spring of 2005, I was taking my first steps towards becoming ordained as an elder in the United Methodist Church. I had been received as a candidate in the ordination process by the district and was given a three-page document outlining the steps required. Yes, three-page document of requirements. The most substantial step was attaining a Master of Divinity degree from a seminary accredited by the United Methodist Church. Now, at that point, I didn't even know what a seminary was. And I wasn't sure how to choose one. Since I lived in Circleville, Ohio, I was told about Methesco, MTSO in Columbus, and United in Dayton. They both were supported as official seminaries by the United Methodist Church. I quickly found out from talking to different folks who had differing opinions that MTSO was considered to be the liberal seminary, according to its theology, and United was the conservative one. I was put off by these descriptions. I, I wasn't looking for a seminary which emphasized a perspective one way or another. I didn't look at either seminary as an option. I expanded my search and was told about Asbury in Wilmore, Kentucky, and Ashland Theological Seminary in Ashland, Ohio. Neither of these were United Methodist Church seminaries, although both were listed as acceptable for fulfilling my seminary requirements for ordination. When I asked about these institutions, I was only told that they were excellent seminaries. Asbury seemed to have a, a reputation of being highly regarded as one of the best. So I visited there first. It was a great visit, and I was impressed. However, at the same time, I felt their emphasis was on preparing me to be a scholar and not a pastor. My calling was to be a pastor. Then I visited Ashland, and the visit was just as impressive, yet I sensed a real concern for preparing their students for the real world. They highlighted their diversity of students' backgrounds and theological beliefs. They had over 30 different denominations represented among their students and their staff. They encouraged open, respectful conversations and debate with the intent of giving students the opportunity to formulate their own convictions. Knowing that in my time as a pastor, I would encounter varying opinions I chose Ashland Theological Seminary. After attaining my Master of Divinity, I, it was clear to me that although we Christians may differ in our theologies and our interpretation of the Scripture, we all love Jesus. We all love Jesus. 
in Ashland, I experienced eight years of living in a community of religious and cultural diversity where we were able to discover our unity in faith. Writing to the early church in Rome, Paul encouraged them to discover unity in their diversity. And today, I want to encourage us to discover how do we live faithfully united. Paul had not even visited the Christian churches in Rome when he wrote his letter. However, he was a seasoned apostle who had planted churches in several Roman territories. In all these places, Paul was sharing Jesus to the Jewish faithful and the non-Jews who either believed in no gods or many gods. He was also teaching in culturally diverse settings. He, he was aware of the differences that caused friction uh, among those who received his message of Jesus Christ. So even if Paul wasn't addressing a specific instance or situation in Rome, he was able to speak with authority from experience. Paul wrote, Welcome the person who is weak in faith, but not in order to argue about differences of opinion. One person believes in eating everything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Those who eat must not look down on the ones who don't, and the ones who don't eat must not judge the ones who do, because God has accepted them. Now, in case you were interested, the reason for eating only vegetables here was a way of making sure that they didn't eat meat that was sacrificed to one of the various gods. They were afraid of what might happen to them if they ate meat. So they were seen as being weak in faith by those who ate whatever was put in front of them. Now, this may not seem like a big deal to us, but to the Jewish faithful, this was a huge deal. Now, these were just details that made sense to Paul's original audience, but they weren't the focus of his point. To put this in our context today, we, we could reference the current differences within the United Methodist Church regarding homosexual persons being fully represented within the church. For some, there is fear of what might happen, while others are less concerned about full inclusion. In his letter, Paul acknowledged their differences. But notice he, he didn't ask them to change their belief. But he did tell them to put their differences aside. Paul encouraged them to exchange their differences for an accepting attitude toward one another. To live united in faith, we are to welcome and accept each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are good at coming up with ways that provide reasons for us to be divided. Any label we assign, other than Christian, has become a means for separation in the one church of Jesus Christ. We deceive ourselves when we say we welcome all people, yet we don't accept them without judgment. Acceptance is different 
than welcome. Both are important for our unity. You may be wondering, how can we accept those who we don't agree with, especially on things we consider important to our faith? Paul helps with that, noting, Who are you to judge someone else's servants? They stand or fall before their own Lord, and they will stand, because the Lord has the power to make them stand. It's hard not to judge, isn't it? It's hard. We are wired to make judgments. God gives us the capacity to make judgments for so many things that concern us in our lives. We make judgment calls all all the time. However, God didn't give us the authority to judge each other. Any authority we have regarding each other, we have given that authority to ourselves. We elect, we assign, or associate people to roles that give them power to judge us. Government officials judge us according to the laws created. Employers judge our performance based on our job descriptions and our employee handbooks. When we give others this kind of authority, we become subjects of their judgment. This kind of judgment has its place in society. Now with that said, we, when we accept Jesus as Savior and Lord, we submit to His authority as judge according to His grace. All Christians serve the one Lord and are subject to His judgment. At no time are we given authority to judge each other regarding our standing before the Lord. Also, unlike human authority, Jesus has divine authority, which gives Him power to transform His disciples according to His will and His way by the work of the Holy Spirit. So we have no role in judgment. Our role is in pointing people to Jesus and walking together in discipleship. Living faithfully united requires letting the Lord be judge and perfecter of our faith. Being judge is not our burden. When we take the role of judge, we limit our ability to love one another and we become a stumbling block for others seeking to meet Jesus. Give the judgment seat over to Jesus and trust Jesus to work out in us anything that truly separates us from Him. As the writer of Hebrews states, Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. I know for myself that over the years that I, over the years that I have been practicing my faith, studying uh, the scriptures on my own, spending time in seminary and uh, being uh, able to learn from fellow believers and opening myself to the Holy Spirit, that my perspective on various things has changed. My journey has included periods of faith formation from 
three distinct denominations as well as other denominational influences in my time at seminary. It is my opinion, it is in my opinion impossible to comprehend the entire spectrum of theological thought and biblical interpretation. Every person, each one of us, is our own theologian. And everyone has their own convictions. Paul recognized the various perspectives in his ministry. And this is what he encouraged. One person considers some days to be more sacred than others. While another person considers all days to be the same. Each person must have their own conviction. Someone who thinks that, is, that a day is sacred thinks that way for the Lord. Those who eat, eat for the Lord because they thank God. And those who don't eat, don't eat for the Lord and they thank the Lord too. We don't live for ourselves and we don't die for ourselves. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we belong to God. This is why Christ died and lived. So that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. We will never be able to agree on everything regarding our faith. And that is okay. We want so much to be right. That we are afraid to be wrong. The primary thing we need to be right on is Jesus. His divinity, His teaching, His work on the cross, His saving grace, His resurrection, His power to transform us in His likeness through the Holy Spirit and to raise us in His likeness. Through the Holy Spirit and raise us in His glory to live eternally with God. Beyond this, we all have different convictions on various things throughout our journey. To live faithfully united, we each are called to live to the glory of God by our convictions of faith. Each one of us has, can have different convictions, but all of us must be able to live with a clear conscience and with the intent to glorify God in them. See, this is all about transparency before the Lord that we each must present. We have to be an open book to Jesus. So if I cannot celebrate my convictions with Jesus as my judge, well, then there is an issue between me and Jesus. If Jesus doesn't convict me in my transparent offering of faith, then glory be to God. Paul finished his encouragement saying, But why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you look down on your brother or sister? We all stand in front of the judgment seat of God. Because it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will give praise to God. So then, each of us will give account of ourselves to God. Friends, according to our faith understanding, 
everyone is subject to God's authority. Also, according to our faith, <clears throat> we recognize none of us stand a chance before God without God's mercy. And as we proclaim in our faith, we accept that Jesus Christ is our only saving grace that assures us of being able to stand before God. With sure and certain hope of being received as a child of God and right standing. So why do we judge our brothers and sisters in Christ? Why do we look down on our brothers and sisters in Christ? To live faithfully united, we stand united before God in Christ with confidence. There is one God, one Lord Jesus Christ, one body of Christ, one church. We are ineffective witnesses as the church when we can continue to insist on judging one another's convictions. However, we are effective witnesses of Christ when we celebrate our unity and faith in Jesus, our Savior and Lord. All Christians are united by their faith in Christ. Period. God has accepted us. We can live faithfully united when we welcome and accept each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let the Lord be judge and perfecter of our lives and live our days to the glory of God by our convictions of faith. And then stand before God united in Christ with confident assurance that is instilled in us by the Holy Spirit alone. Jesus is Lord of all. So let's praise God that we, even, even us, are accepted through Jesus for who we are becoming in Him. Amen. Amen. Please rise as we sing together, Let There Be Peace on Earth, number 431.
going to confess, I started to tear up at the very end of that song. Let there be peace on earth. It begins with me and you. Go in peace. May the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.